Thanks so much for joining us here on the Rivers Church Podcast. We see a church full of passionate people who reach the unchurched with the gospel of Jesus. Our heart is to equip people to love, live, and lead in God's kingdom. We hope you enjoy today's message and pray that it encourages you to be all that God has destined you to be. If you need anything, please feel free to reach out to us and check us out on our website at riverschurch.co. That's riverschurch.co. All right, so hey, we have a good friend that's going to be here this morning delivering the word. He is a missionary to the Arizona State University campus with a ministry called Chi Alpha. And so I'm going to front. I'm going to invite my friend Sean up here. This is Sean White from ASU Chi Alpha. And uh, I'm so glad to have this guy and his whole family is here with us too. You know, uh, his wife Candy has become a dear friend of my wife, you know, and you know, every, you're not sitting by me, I, I, I'm going to lose here today. Um, I just, I, I love the relationship that our wives have developed. It's pretty awesome, you know, it's, it's great because then she doesn't have to unload on us all the time. They can talk, they can unload on each other. It's one of those like, in a good, healthy way, come on, we all need that, Right? Yeah, and so um, I just love that, and uh, <laughs> um, but I just love that you guys could be here with us today. And so, hey, can you just give it up one more time for Sean White? Here, here he is. All right, thank you, Pastor Tyrone. Um, yeah, as as he said, my name's Sean White. My wife Candy. Uh, you know, I think we're supposed to be silent in church. Well, I'm, I'm going to get myself beat up later is basically what's going to happen. So any, anything you need to know is that uh, formal, um, it's not really my gig. So I'm, I'm just glad to be here. Uh, I believe, man, that God moves powerfully when we're paying attention and we listen to what he's saying. And something that I wanted to share just as we were in worship, uh, something I felt like God was kind of speaking to me, I just sensed the word authenticity. Um, just authentic. We just kind of kept, and so as I, you know, for me, anytime I feel like God's bringing something up, I'm like, God, what are you saying? What is, what is that connected to? Are you trying to tell me something? Do you want me to say something? And, and I felt like God said that this is a place of authenticity, um, and that the more authentic his people, you guys, will be in this place, the deeper the, the, just the deeper the impact, man, that it will have in, uh, Where's, is Becca still in here somewhere? Just, yeah, okay. Um, I, uh, I'm going to, um, Becca's my new spirit animal. I'm like, I'm like, all right, if I can figure that out and be up there like, yeah, this life is, it's good. I think everything is good from there. But I do want to say, I do want to say, I love the fact that you're authentically who you are. I felt like God was kind of saying that as, as that whole thing coming out of worship and him talking about authenticity here, like that you lead in that um, and that it's so cool because exactly what you said, when you're going to those doors and when you're going to those people, it is an authentic relationship and heart with Jesus that you have that busts through that door. And that that is the thing, man, that is going in. And yes, it's simple, a popsicle. It's, I love that you're showing people like, it's not hard. You just, here, here's a popsicle. Even if you're awkward about that, you can still do it. Um, but I love the authentic heart that that's coming out of, and man, that is powerful. Like, God's going to use that. Like, it's, yeah, it's so cool, man, when we walk in authenticity and let God lead the way and do things, and so, um, I think we've, if we can throw the picture of my family, these are the people that make me a better human than I am on my own. Um, this is my wife, Candy. And my son, Trenton, my daughter, Avery, who's like, they're like, Dad, don't make us come up here. I'll be cool this time. I won't make you guys come up here. You'll owe me for another time. And then my son, Skylar, is uh, somewhere hanging with the kids in the back. So they are 14, 12, and 10. Um, There's nothing cooler, man, nothing cooler than having a family. I am not worthy of the blessing that that is. Um, The headaches, you know every once in a while. I come up every once in a while. Tylenol's good for that. A little bit of downtime. Um, But the reality is, man, that 
I've experienced in family in the Lord what God, I believe, desires for us to grow and build in community around us and in places around us. And so Candy and I do this crazy thing called Chi Alpha at ASU. Um, yes, it is good times. We've been there almost two decades uh, at ASU, which, as I told everybody earlier, is amazing because I look like 28 at the most. So there's no way we've been there that long. But um, we've had an incredible time, man, serving on that campus. And really, the core of what we're about there and the core of what we do is discipleship. It is pouring into people. It's connecting with people. I got a friend sitting right here who I have to call out, Jeremy Bridges, sitting right here. Um, if, if you don't know this dude, you're missing out. I'll just say it right now. Um, this man is a servant. This man is a guy who shows up and gives well beyond, well beyond what he has to or what he's even called to and loves well, connects well. And the reason that I point him out is I'm going to tell a little story on him um, so we had this, this, uh, this guy from Zimbabwe, Molif, show up in our Chi Alpha and get connected and, and drawn in. And I got a really cool opportunity when Molif first came and connected with us to talk and pray with him. And, and man, he was in a place where his family basically said, you make it and we make it. You don't make it, we don't make it. We've put everything we've got behind you. You are like the one shot this family has. So imagine yourself headed to grad school, another country, all these things, and your family is like, succeed or our whole family falls apart. Not an easy place to be in. Um, I got the cool opportunity, man, to pray for him and tell him, hey, you've got a home here. You've got a connection here. Like, dig into this. But the cooler part, man, is that he got relationship and connection. And just a little while ago, as he was headed back to Zimbabwe, he's now finished with his grad, grad program, got hired by Amazon. Really cool story. If I, I mean, he is, he's making it happen, and God's making it happen. But, but it's super cool because I think the perfect example of what it looks like to be in discipleship relationship, what it looks like to walk with people, um, Jeremy over here, you know, making it happen, working, hustling, doing his thing, decides, I'm going to do Uber Eats, get some extra money, you know? Jeremy takes his Uber Eats time, realizes, hey, Malif's just hanging around, doing whatever. He calls Malif, Malif, I'm doing Uber Eats, what do you want to do? Malif rides along with him, doing Uber Eats. That this is, and the reason I point that out, man, is he is taking his time to minister to somebody. It's not like Jeremy's like putting on a suit and grabbing his Bible and going and he's like, okay, this is the guy from Zimbabwe. So like, let's, you know, go minister to him. Um, he befriended Malif, drew him into his life. I'm doing Uber Eats. You might as well come right along and do Uber Eats. And through that time, man, that that relationship, that connection grew and deepened. And I know personally, and because he told me that that was one of the most meaningful relationships and connections for Malif in his, in his time here. And so just like popsicles over there, it's, it's not rocket science. It's an open life to the people around us. And so as we kick this off, we're going to talk a little bit more about Kyle and what we do. Um, but to me, there's no cooler way than to let you guys see and hear from some of our students and what they say. So I think we have a video we can roll on here. That'd be awesome. What Chi Alpha really means to me is just a family of people who I know I can always go to. It means uh, family, it means uh, being around people that believe or have faith in, in the Lord, and also just having a good time. You build long-lasting relationships. When you come in the room, people go beyond just asking like, oh, what's your major, what's your name? Like they say, how are you doing? Like, how is this rough thing that's going on in your life going? Like, where is God convicting you right now? And those are hard questions to ask, but being in a mature community that is willing to poke and prod at you a little in order to bring out the best heart in you, I truly appreciate. Going up to Zion National Park and um, hiking there, which was amazing. We we started at the bottom of the trail, um, it was sunny when we got to the top. It um, started to snow, so that was a great experience. And so definitely one of the best experiences I had since I've been in college. There's people who love hiking, and there's people who love art, and there's people who love Dungeons and Dragons. 
and uh, just being able to have this community of people who like we're all so different and unique but it's our passion for God that unites us is just really encouraging. If you say yes to this group I truly believe that God is going to bless your time with us uh, and that's not some sort of promotional pitch it's just me saying this community is one that I truly don't think you can find anywhere else. These are genuine people who really care about the Lord and care about your growth as a person. When you get to say yes to that, God will only favor you with it. Awesome. So to tell you a little bit more about Chi Alpha and a little bit about what we do, I'm actually going to invite Candy up. Hi, everyone. Um, first, I want to say thank you to Tyrone and Amy for just allowing us to be here. Um, I'm sure you already know it, but I just want to honor them. I've watched these guys just serve faithfully, authentically, prophetically. And you guys, you have leaders that are the real deal, that not that they're, they didn't tell me to say this, by the way, um, but just their family, the way they serve and the way they love, that really it's a privilege for all of you just to get to be here under their leadership. And so I just want to honor them and say thank you for allowing us this space. And also, I want to say that video that Jeremy put that video together, just using his skills to do that. And I want to tell just a quick story of a young girl around 19, maybe almost 20, that sat in a church, something like this, in the back of the church, had been out the night before, partying, doing all sorts of things, had lived, grown up in church, knew a lot about religion, but didn't know a lot about Jesus. Didn't know, knew about rules, knew about things, but didn't know what it meant to have a relationship with Jesus. Sat in the back of this church, felt compelled to come up to the front, tell the pastor, hey, I really pray that God would bring just like friends, Christian friends in my life. Shared a little bit, the pastor looked at her and said, I believe that God's gonna use you to be that friend to many people. I believe God, and started speaking into her life. And she came back, she was like, well, that was weird, because I don't know if I'll ever come back to church. Um, came back several weeks later, and before that had prayed, had got down on her knees and said, God, if you are real, I will serve you with everything, but I need to know there are real, authentic Christian people. Went back um, to that church, and that week, they announced that this couple had moved there from Pittsburgh to start this ministry called Chi Alpha. She was like, I have no idea what that is, but I prayed for friends, so I will go up, I will ask them what it is, and I will go. So she went to this Chi Alpha ministry, which was basically um, somewhat like a church on campus in northern Arizona. She went to, showed up, it's like 10 students. She's like, I don't know what this is, this is different, but just felt compelled to go. And these, this couple, they invited these students into their home. They just lived life among them. They talked to them. They fed them. And when you're like a college student, when people bring you into your home and feed you real food, um, give you a place to hang out, play games, be loud, and, you know, there's no one's, she had been used to, a good time was filled with alcohol and relationships and things that, you know, where you're like, it's not a good time if you don't remember the next day or you don't feel good. That's not a good time. So going and listening to and watching this family of the way they, they would say, hey, you guys can hang out. We're going to go pray for our kids and tell them good night. She'd never seen anything like that before. They just kept loving on her, pouring into her life. And I have to say that that's my story over 20 years ago. And that was my campus pastors and my senior pastor at the time. Well, actually, he wasn't. I just went randomly went to that church. Um, so you never know what God's doing. But that was an example to me. 2 Timothy 2.2, um, it's the Apostle Paul. And he is pouring into his person that he's discipling, and that's Timothy. And he says that the things which you have heard this is on the screen. The things that we've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to reliable men who will entrust to others. And what I would say of what we've done, and we've been on campus now for about 20 years, and that was over 20 years ago for me, and to have people who could look me eye to eye, and it was not always formal, it was sometimes around a dinner table, and that the things that God had done in them, that they shared those things with me, that they saw something in my life that they thought, hey, 
she can pour that into other people. And in the last 20 years, that's exactly what we've been able to do, is to take the things of God that people have entrusted to us, that people entrusted to them, and we can entrust to others. So whether that's through popsicles or through Uber Eats or through making just as you are going about your lives in the places that you are, in the places of influence that every one of you have, that you take the things of God and trust those to others, those reliable people who entrust other people. Because if you would have told me all those years ago that God could use my life, I'd be like, I wouldn't have believed that. I said a lot of nevers. I'm like, I'll never live in Phoenix. I would never go into ministry. I said, I don't like white guys. Sorry. I was never going to date anybody younger than me. Um, All the nevers that I've said, like, now I'm like, God, never tell God what you will never do. So the person here who thinks that you're not equipped or you couldn't do it or that's just for the people up front or that's just for the pastors, no, it's you. We are all called. We are all called to be missionaries. We are all called to disciple. Um, And so I just want to share that story for me and just the blessing that it's been to walk along students, to share the things of God into their lives, to sit down over coffee, to have them in our homes, um, now to have our own family, to see that I watched their family, the way they poured into their children, the way they had this legacy of marriage and prayer and fun. You know, you're like, wow. I just thought Christians were like, what do they do? Um, Are they just super awkward and they never have fun? So then to be like, wow, God created fun. Fun is spiritual. Like we could be real normal people who love Jesus and are so excited about that that we can share that with other people and it's contagious. And so to know that I got to see an example of people who loved well, who honored God and who put their family first and honored others and made space in their lives to bring people in, to disciple them with the love of Jesus and with the gospel, that that impacted my life, that that impacted my husband has his own story in his life, and that's impacting our kids' lives. And to watch our kids who are, you know, they, they didn't get a choice, you know, they're just growing up in it. But even now, I think Sean shared a story earlier of one of our students who's since graduated that Sean had the privilege to meet with every week over coffee or over food and share the things of God with him and say, hey, I'm sharing this with you because I believe God's going to use you to share it with others. And he did. He had a small group. He met with guys. They did things, play basketball, just whatever it was that he could use to draw people in and not treat people as a project, but be like, I just love you because I have the love of God that you, I want to like be around you and then take those opportunities. And this guy, Brandon, he did that for four years. And now he's working for the Diamondbacks. And now he's volunteering at the church that we go to in Chandler. And it's really cool, these like full circle moments of watching that now Brandon is volunteering with the youth group. Trenton and Avery are now going to youth group. And that Brandon, who's been in our home, who ate our food, who stayed at our house super late with tons of people being loud when I was like, I want to go to sleep. Um, That now Brandon is pouring into our kids and to see that full circle moment. And so that is a little bit um, kind of what we've done. Chi Alpha is a national campus ministry on over like 300 campuses nationwide and actually globally as well. It's the collegiate ministry under the Assemblies of God. Um, And yeah, so I'm gonna turn it back to Sean, but just wanna share a little bit about that. So the question, it's like the question I get in my neighborhood, you do what? Like, what was, I see a lot of college people in and out of your house and, you know, but uh, what do you do? Um, man, discipleship is the core of, of what we do. It's, it's at the base of, it's the heart of what we do. It's, if you boil it all down, it's just about discipleship. Anything we do. If we're doing some huge party, some huge gathering, why? So we can create community that create relationships that lead to discipleship. If we're out on campus, which we do, giving out snow cones in the beginning of the year, and it's 3,000 degrees, and we're literally covered in bees, and just yelling at people, hey, you look hot, want a snow cone? You know. (laughs) Why? For relationship to lead to discipleship. That's literally, it's literally what we do. It's at the core of what we do. Um, And the reason it's at the core of what we do, not just because that's how I came to know Jesus. That's how Candy really stepped into a fullness of life um, following Christ. 
But the reason is because um, it's biblical. Crazy thought. Crazy idea. It's actually in the Bible. Um, Jesus is actually pretty specific about it. He was like, hey, I'm going to take off now. Holy Spirit's going to come in. He's going to hang with you guys. The counselor, helper, he'll be the one you'll be turning to. Like, it's me, Tim. We're all the same. Um, and as he's leaving, what does he tell his disciples? The Great Commission. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. He leaves them with that challenge. And uh, I said it in the first service as well, but man, I think that too many times we're treating that like the great suggestion. That as, as believers, we're like, well, discipleship is, is for the bigwigs, you know? Discipleship is for Pastor Tyrone. Like I have, <laughs> if I got a buddy down the street, he's crazy, might become friends with him, but I'll get him to come to the church and then Pastor Tyrone can help him. That's how this will go down. Who's in that dude's life day in and day out? Who does that guy know? Who's he friends with? Who is going to reflect Jesus to that guy? You are. The person that's in his life. And so this idea, and the, the other thing that I kind of, you know, want to touch on, hit on, uh, and I said it in the first service as well, man, I, I'm not trying to like step on any toes. It might happen. I apologize. Well, actually, I don't really apologize because if the Bible steps on your toes, then you just need to move your toes. Um, but I think one of the things that we do sometimes is we're like, therefore go and make disciples. Well, man, I, I went with the church when we went to Mexico. I did that week. I went when we went over. Actually, I've been twice. I've been two times. They did missions trips like going. I'm good. I did that. Great commission. I went. The key in that is not actually going. It's making disciples. Yeah. What was emphasized was to make disciples. You can change it up even a little bit in, in the way it's read or seen to, therefore, in your going, make disciples. If you're headed to work, make disciples at work. If you're headed for a job move to another state, go make disciples in that state. If God picks you and your family up and says, yes, you will go live overseas or go in this other place or go in this other country or culture, make disciples over there. I don't care where you go, you make disciples. That is the key in that. And that is something I think that the church needs to be challenged back into so that we don't sit back and forfeit our, our position, our place that God called us to. Because we don't drop all that weight on the pastor. We don't drop all that weight on the people around us. They're actually there to encourage and build you up to go do the real work of the ministry. Every single one of us, man, God set you apart and appointed you a prophet to the nations. He didn't set you apart and, a, and appoint you a church-attending, seat-holding, quiet person. He appointed you a prophet to the nations. He gave you a voice. He gave you a reason to step out. Um, and so I'm going to share a little bit with you guys. This is kind of the, like... Uh, drink from the fire hose version, I guess, of, of what goes down with our Chi Alpha and with training our leaders. Um, so I think if we have the first slide on there, the uh, fine feed fight. So when we're training our leaders, man, we're pouring into students saying, hey, this is what we're about. This is what we're going to do. This is where we start. You will find feed fighting for the lost lambs of God. Finding, man, pay attention. I have an incredible mentor who I was under who she would say, just show up and say yes. If you're living life walking with the Holy Spirit, it's simple. You just show up and you say yes. You're in a position, you're in a place. If God's speaking something, say yes. The more you do it, the more inclined you are to do it. The more you're obedient, the quicker the obedience comes. It's okay when it feels scary. It's okay when the sweat comes, when the nerves come, when the, you know, sit back and say, man, in my in my weakness, his strength is made perfect. Now I can step out and be a fool for Christ because he's going to turn that thing around and bring perfection in that person's life the way he wants. I make a really poor Holy Spirit. I make a decent Sean. I make a really poor Holy Spirit. And I think a lot of times the way we go towards things or relationship or step into things is we're like, well, you have this thing wrong and this, that. I, I've gotten to know you. Okay, Jeremy, we're friends now. You need to fix this, this, and this. Really? The Holy Spirit hasn't been speaking that to him already? 
He doesn't already know. People know what they're doing wrong. They need to know who they can be. They need to know who God has called them to be. Because as we call out identity, it exposes lies about who we're not. And so we are finding people, man, we're telling students, we're finding people to connect with. What is your sphere of influence? Nobody in this room can tell me they don't have a sphere of influence. How do I know that? Number one, because you came to a building with other people. It means you're not a recluse who has shut yourself away in the woods somewhere who may actually not have a sphere of influence. Um, You're around people, so you have a sphere of influence. Start asking God who in that sphere he's wanting you to connect with. Feed, man, authentic relationship with Jesus that you have, that you're digging into, things that are coming to you from the word of God, from times in prayer, times with other believers that God's implanting in you, just like in 2 Timothy 2, 2, you are feeding those things to the people around you. And I said it in the first service too, man, nobody likes to eat stale bread. And so if what you're bringing is yesterday's garbage, if what you're bringing is leftover junk, don't expect to feed well. Don't expect people to stay with you. Don't expect to have impact. You need to pursue and gain things for yourself. Number one, because God's drawing you closer and closer to him. That's the pursuit. That's the goal. This is not a job. This is not a position. People are not projects. I'm not going and feeding myself so that I can pour something out. I'm feeding myself because I'm desperately in love with the Savior that I'm following. Because I want to know more about him. Because I want to hit my last days in my life and be like, man, the sweetness of God has just become deeper and deeper and deeper for me. But in the process of that, I have things to give so I can feed. And then fight. We tell students, man, know this. You're going to look at the people around you and say, I love you too much to let you live a stupid life. I love you too much to let you live a stupid life. Meaning, when I see you running off after things that don't matter, when I see you making poor choices, when I see you all over the place, man, in in whatever it is, I will say something. I will step in. I will acknowledge that God wants something different from you. And again, this is where I think we get a little bit tied up. We're like, "Ah, I'm the Holy Spirit for a minute. You're wrong in this, you're wrong. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, hey, my friend over here, is deciding to, you know, to party or to give his life away into this thing or that thing, or he's, you know, pursuing this thing that I don't think is what God is truly calling him to. So what is God calling him to? To be a mighty man of God. So I'm going to start speaking those things. I'm going to challenge him in those things that I know he should be and can be. And I'm going to let the Holy Spirit search out, you know, I'm not going to be afraid to speak truth and say, dude, that's messed up. Don't do that. And this is why the Bible says this. I'm not afraid of those things, but I'm not leading with that. I'm going to go and lead with who I knew he can be and who he's called to be. Um, So yeah, find, feed, fight. Uh, The next thing, next slide is the reels. Um, We believe in uh, real community, real devotional life, and real responsibility. Real community, if you guys have friends, if you've gone deeper than, hey, how's it going, you know what I'm talking about. God's called us to something greater centered on him than, than this fake ambiance that we set up of, of acquaintances. We all have our like workplace friends like, hey, what's up, man? I know nothing about your life, but good to see you. We'll make dumb jokes again later. You know, it's like, we all have those. We all have those little just, you know, semi-relationships. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is real community. Just like she was sharing, Emma was sharing in the video. People are going to ask you, how are you really doing? What's actually going on in your life? And I want to know about you. Pursuing real community. And we pursue real community, number one, because God's called us to it. But number two is because that is what leads to discipleship and growth. That is where iron sharpened irons comes from, comes out of. Um, Then real devotional life, just like I said before, man, I am going after it and pursuing it. Pursuing life with God. And I'm not talking about 
um, a legalistic check mark. And hear me on this because I'm not trying to um, obedience and something's wrong with my brain. I can't even think of the word um, obedience and uh, yeah, something, whatever it is. Um, <laughs> obedience. Basically, when we set up habits, because it's a good thing, whatever that word is that's floating out there, um, but obedience and setting things up so it's like, hey, I'm going to make sure I'm in the word of God for an hour tomorrow. Those are good things, but those aren't what I'm talking about when I'm saying real devotional life. When I'm saying real devotional life, I'm talking about that hunger, that pursuit, that thing that draws you to say, man, I have a love for the Lord and I'm seeing that as deep cries out to deep really means that, man, I cry out for more of that. I cry out because I'm drawn to more of that. Like I don't, you know, I don't set up five minutes a day to say hi to my wife and hang out and then call it good and be like, see you later, Candy. I got my check mark on that one. We are in deep relationship. Like I don't, you know, I don't, I don't do that. There's seasons and, and points of like craziness and passing each other by and going like, we need to get together and connect. So it ebbs and flows, but it should be the same in our relationship with Jesus because my heart and my desire is to get to know her. I want to know what's going on in her life. I want to know what she's thinking about. I want to know how to pray for her. All those things in the same way, a heart for a pursuit of Jesus is that real devotional life. That's what I'm talking about. And we challenge our students to develop that first and foremost because it's the only thing that will sustain them through their whole life. And it is the thing that will lead to everything else God has called them to. Um, real responsibility. You know, we do okay with real community and, and real devotional life. You know, even though that one can be difficult, it's challenged. Like, we do okay with those. But then all of a sudden when you say, okay, you've read these things in the Word of God, you actually have to do them. That's where sometimes it hurts. That's where sometimes being not a mere hearer of the word, but a doer of the word challenges us. Because everybody's all good and cheering, you know, woohoo, I'm on board. And then when everybody disappears from around you and God's like, no, 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 you go talk to that guy. No, it's not me. I'm going I'm to I'm step out on this one. Real responsibility. The Great Commission wasn't a suggestion. It was God's command of how we would co-labor with him to go complete the mission that he called us to, that he set in place from the beginning of time. And so that real responsibility, man, that's what separates the men from the boys. It's what calls us out into what God, I believe, has designed for us. And so I love, man, I love working with college students, so many different levels. One, they're okay with my own craziness, my all over the place. Two, um, when I accidentally say dumb things or inappropriate things, they just let it slide. It's not like, you know, I get, I get judgment elsewhere. But <laughs> just saying. Um, because most of the time they're saying worse things, so I'm like, you should work on that. Um, but I love college students, man, because... They're excited, they're young, they're not tied down, and they're capable, of, they're capable of just taking off after it. And so when that real responsibility bit comes in, yeah, we lose people, man, and it, and it saddens me. We see people who choose other things over what God might be calling them to. But when it weeds it down to the ones that say yes, it's incredible. Makes me think of a girl that came from Wickenburg, Arizona, which, you know, small town, literally working in a Safeway bakery. And she, she told me she worked there because it was simple. It was straightforward. She knew exactly what to do, exactly what time to start working, exactly what to make, where to be. Boom, 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 get paid, be done. And that was like, what she, I mean, that was kind of what she was doing with her life, kind of what she was looking at doing. Um, friend of hers came down to the valley, got connected with our Chi Alpha group, and got drawn into relationship told her, hey, you need to come down here and be part of this. So crazily, because it's a long ways from Wickenburg, every week she started driving down and driving back on the same night to come be with us. Um, and because of my incredible speaking and the amazing Tuesday nights that I put, why are you guys laughing at me? Because <laughs> the reality is none of that's true. Um, because of 
people she got around, relationships she stepped into, God started to shape and tweak her heart and her mind and open her up that he might have more for her. And what that led to was her being challenged by another lady we had come in to speak who was serving in Jordan. And this girl came to me afterwards and I was like, oh, I think I'm supposed to go to Jordan. This is the girl who works in a Safeway bakery because it's repetitive, easy to understand, knows what to do. I'm like, you do understand where that is, right? <laughs> like, you understand you're going to get rid of everything you love about your job and do the polar opposite when you go there. She's like, I'm supposed to go. And so it was amazing, man. It was amazing to watch her friends come around her, encourage her, build her up, um, sent her off. This girl literally would not eat anything other than like fries and, and, and chicken tenders. I was like, I mean, I was nervous, man. I was legitimately nervous. I was like, this is either going to be the best fasting program anybody has ever created. I'm like, you, you know, it's Middle Eastern food. Have you, no, no, okay. Um, I have watched her, I have watched her step out and say, not my preference, but yes, God. Not my preference, but yes. And I've watched as God continues to deepen that relationship, do all these things that we teach on, that we talk about, not because we said, hey, do this, but because God's just doing that in her and she's showing up and saying yes to the point where at this point, even though it frightens her, even though she's not sure about it, even though whatever, she just recently said yes to going as a single female into Iraq. Into an, into an area where currently there aren't any single females. Because I don't know if you guys are familiar with some of these more intense areas there. But as a female, if you want to go to the grocery store, you can't. You have to have a male escort. That's why if you're married, it's a better standpoint. It's a better, even, even the team that was there was like, ah, you might want to be married before you come here. She's like, no, God's calling me to come there. So they said, okay. We'll open a spot and we'll just see what God does. Because if he's opening this door, we'll say yes to it with you. And so she's headed off to go do that, man. And, and I share that story. Um, I share that story to say no matter where you're at, no matter what your spot is, you start saying yes to God. You start showing up. You dive into community. You connect with people. You connect with your Savior. You will be amazed where God takes you. There's not a person in this room that was set up to live a mundane, boring life. To have fullness of life, to have life and have it to the full, that wasn't God going, hey, you'll just get by. You'll punch a time card. You'll do all right. Get enough money to have a few fun things here and there. And then you'll check out and, and because you said yes to me, you'll come be safe with me afterwards. Cool stuff starts on the other side. Like that's not, you know, on earth as it is in heaven. Literally, he taught his disciples to pray that way. He challenged them to say, man, the things that are heavenly call those things to this earth. This is the beginning of eternity. We're living in it now. Just because there is a changeover point, just because death is still part of the world that we're in, does not exclude us from stepping into the things of God. It doesn't exclude us. It doesn't mean we're just on a bus waiting until we get to the get-off point. And like, no, God has called us to it now. Um, that's what we challenge our students with, man. That's we, what we give those guys. And so uh, this morning, I got to, first service, I got to have a little bit more fun with Pastor Tyrone because uh, he, now he knows secrets out of the bag, so I can't really mess with him as much. But I didn't actually share with him what God had put on my heart to share here because I was afraid he would tell me no, that I wasn't allowed to do that. Um, so this morning, it was really fun because as I'm telling this same thing to everybody that, he, you know, he's down there like, what are you going to do? And probably thinking to himself, this was a dumb move inviting this guy. Um, but there's just uh, some things that God put on my heart. Um, so kind of changing gears. I know it's like an abrupt shift, but here's, here's my thing, man. I believe that God, has, that God has fresh words for us. I believe that God speaks to us, that he shows up, just like I was talking about earlier, as he's kind of speaking to me in worship. And so in praying and asking God, what do you want me to speak here? What do you want me to share here? There's something he put on my heart, and so I'm going to share it um, in 1 Thessalonians 5, 
11 through 16. I'm going to read it. Um, If you want, you can go there, uh, or you can just listen to my beautiful voice read it to you. Um, I have self-confidence issues, if you could tell. (laughs) Hey, I'm in the wrong version again. Switch this over. All right. You know, my wife got over her no white white guys thing when she was like, he's just amazing. I don't don't care if he's opaque. He's amazing. Um, All right. 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just just as in fact you are doing. Now Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard and love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Um, that is such a power-packed five verses. You guys are doing this Love Different series and time right now. Paul's like, hey, you want to love different? Here you go. This is how you do it. Literally. I'm just going to lay it out in five verses and make it easy. You walk in the fruits of the Spirit, and out of the fruits of the Spirit, man, you do these things. In verse 11, therefore encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. Man, I cannot stress how important it is to be encouragers. We are so used to, and we live in a society that tears one another down that competes, that, that, that looks and says like, oh, I judge how you are versus how I am. We, we, we're really good at that. We can do that without a second thought. The thing we struggle to do is to look and say, what amazingness do I see in you and how can I say it? Something God challenged me to do a number of years ago, I, I started noticing that I was always having these thoughts of different people and just like cool things about them, random things. And I thought, I'm, I'm like, oh, this is just my ADD brain that's all over the place anyways. That's like pretty normal life for me. If you couldn't tell by all my like squirrels and rabbit trails. Um, I just figured, oh, that's, that's just me. But I remember the Holy Spirit starting to speak to me. And he's like, hey, I'm trying to use you. I'm trying to speak to you. And so finally what I did is I just told God, okay, anytime something like that pops into my head, I'm going to grab this little device that Satan meant for evil and uses it pretty well, and I'm going to use it for good. I'm going to text that person, and I'm going to encourage them. And I'm going to do it immediately so I don't forget and leave it down the road. And I started trying to do that. And before you're like, whoa, that's amazing, dude. I, I'm not that great at it. I, you know, I'm doing five million other things. I was like, oh, I was supposed to encourage those three million. Oh, well, hopefully somebody else did. Um, but I started trying to develop that habit and just saying, well, I'm just going to do that. And I'm just going like, to live that. And you would be amazed, man. I have gotten in conversations with random people too. And that's the thing. As you start being obedient, God's like, I'll make it easy first. I'll make it your good friends and people you like. So it's easy to write them, encourage them. Then you're walking into Walmart. And the dude who's in like cut off jean shorts and like metal spikes on his thing and some different things. And God's like, what about him? And I'm like, I'm not talking to that guy. And God's like, I want to encourage him. And you're like, oh, it's just like the texting. Why did I tell you I would do that? And you, and you do. And the next thing you know, you're in conversation with the random person at Walmart or the person in the checkout line or the person in your neighborhood. You know, I found myself in probably what people would say would be the most awkward conversations ever. But what we like to, Candy and I like to tell our students, it's only awkward if you make it awkward. You lead the way. You can have the most awkward conversation in the world, and if you pretend it's completely unawkward, they're going to come right along with you because they don't have the guts to tell you it's awkward. (laughs) They don't, and they don't want to make it awkward. So they're not going to say a word. They're just going to follow you right into awkward central. (laughs) And it's people in general, man. So encourage one another. Encourage the people you know because you can encourage deeply in that way. And encourage the people you run into as God leads you and guides you and directs you to do because he can encourage them deeply. You'll see the Holy Spirit work in ways that you, I mean, I could share stories with you of going out and getting a word for a student and being like, 
I don't know about saying that. Just being like, I think God's saying this, like whatever, and watching God just break people. Watching the Holy Spirit just break down walls in people. And then next thing you know, you get to tell them all about how you believe God is speaking and he's real and he's interactive and he's looking for them. That's why he gave you something specific for them. Man, you take that time of going over to that apartment complex and handing out and you double down and say, God, I want a word for somebody over here. I don't care what language they speak. God will make a way. He will. He'll find some random guy that's on the corner that speaks both languages. I've seen it happen. It's happened to me. It's happened to me in other countries where I'm like, man, I wish I could. And then some guy's like, are you guys from America? I'm like, thanks for the translator, God. Like it just, you know, I've seen it happen. Um, And I want to throw up uh, uh, in 1 Thessalonians 5, Again, like I said, rabbit trail all over the place. Follow with me if you can. First um, Thessalonians 5, 12 and 13, the message says, And now, friends, we ask you to honor those leaders who work so hard for you, who have been given the responsibility of urging and guiding you along in your obedience. Overwhelm them with appreciation and love. It's like... At least for me, when I read in there, going from, now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard and love because of their work. You can kind of read over that and be like, yeah, people who work hard around us and take care of things. Then all of a sudden, you switch gears and you see it in something like the message. And now, friends, we ask you to honor those leaders who work so hard for you who have been given the responsibility of urging and guiding you along in your obedience, overwhelm them with appreciation and love. And it changes gears a little bit. It hits you like, oh, that's what you're talking about. And so there's two kind of two sides basically to what I felt like God was speaking and wanted to wanted me to share with you guys. One, encourage one another, man. Build each other up. See what could be. Speak the things that are not yet as though they were. Encourage one another. Speak life over each other and see what God will do in this body. See what he'll do in the people around you. And two, live this kind of encouragement and this kind of appreciation for the people over you. Pastor Tyrone and Amy, that's why I said this morning, I'm like, I didn't tell you because, you know, he's, he's a good dude. He probably would have been like, don't, no, you don't, no. Don't make some crazy point on that, but I'm going to because God told me to. And yeah, you can just not invite me back. Um, <laughs> I think, man, there's so much power to encouraging those people who are, who are God has placed as a covering over us. And I shared a little bit first service too, the same thing of like, think about All of the things, man, you're dealing with things in your life. You're looking for people to pray for you in certain areas, stuff that's going on, things you're battling, all those things. Those feel weighty. Those are are struggles. Well, when you love an entire group of people, an entire family like this, like this church, and God has called you to be the covering, then all of those things, you are over those things. The weight of those things sit on you. You know, God helps you hold those things up. You're not called, and I know these guys know this, you're not called to carry that burden, that weight. But there is a weight to it, and there's a challenge to it, and they need you guys to encourage them, to encourage them for real, deeply, to overwhelm them with love and appreciation. And so the second thing, the first thing, I want you guys encouraging each other. The second thing, I want you guys, I want to challenge you guys to become people that appreciate overwhelmed with love and appreciation the people over you. And I think a a practical way to start is to say, man, what is something you can encourage these guys with now? And I I would say, don't do it today. Don't do it like, don't let it be a knee-jerk reaction. Oh, you're cool because I like you. Appreciate you. Not dogging that. You should should tell people you like them and you appreciate them. You should do that. I'm talking about the deeper Man, I'm talking about the real heartfelt, like where it came from, where you've taken time. And so I encourage you guys, take some time. God, how would you have me encourage Pastor Tyrone and Amy? How would you have me speak life over them, over their kids, over their family? What do you want me to do? And so those are 
you know, those are the things, I guess, just to say what God put on my heart. Like, we're Kyle is what we do. We just hang his family and go after it for Jesus. And there's no, you know, it's, if you get in with us, it's zero to 100, basically. There's, there's not really, like, a smooth on-ramp sometimes. Um, but the reality is, I think God's called us into that deep place, man. He's called us into that cool place. And how much cooler can we make it when we speak encouragement, when we speak life, when we honor the people that are worthy of honor. And I love, and I'm just gonna throw this out here that right after, you gotta switch it back over for get the wording right. That right after, right after he's saying that about the people over you, to to love on them and appreciate them, live in peace with each other. Um, Paul's literally like, hey, Honor those people who are working hard, who are over you, the pastors, the, you know, the people discipling you. Honor them, love them, appreciate them. And then immediately he's like, and get along. Just get along. And I know, you know, it's, it's, it's like when I tell my kids and they're fighting and going crazy, I'm like, why can't you get along? That, that solves nothing. It doesn't fix anything. But when we work to get along, what a blessing that is to the people that need to lead and guide and direct. Because instead of being buried in the mud with your disagreement with so-and-so and playing referee for days on end about how you can't get along with Susie because she picked the wrong color for the font or the background or whatever torqued you off, how about you just figure out how you work that out with that person? How about you just say, man, God, how do I honor that person? Because our differences are going to be left aside when I start to see the things of God in her. And now my pastor's not stuck in the middle going, come on, guys, it's okay. You love each other. Stop, stop what you're doing. You know, and he can get back to the real work God's called him to, to pull this thing forward. And so, you know, it's pretty simple. It's pretty straightforward. I don't have some like, magical theory, do X, Y, Z. This probably isn't a three-point sermon, so I'd probably fail Bible college. I don't, I don't know. But those are the things I want to challenge you guys and encourage you guys with. And I'd like just to finish to pray over you guys, pray over this church. Um, just really grateful to be here, man. I'm super grateful for your guys' heart in helping keep us on campus, um, forgiving and, and putting us where we are, man. We wouldn't be where we are without people and churches and individuals who, who give and keep us there. So thank you guys. Father, I thank you for this church. I thank you for the people in front of me. I thank you, Lord, that you have placed a call on each one of their lives and that God, it's not about, it's not about what they do. It's about why they do it. It's about who they are. Lord, that the what can change. Last year has shown us circumstances change. The what is changed by our circumstances. The why is not. Father, I pray that they would know their why, that they would know who they are, that they would be people that build up, encourage, love on one another, that this church would be known. Your word says that your disciples are known by their love for one another. God, are we known by that? Do people look in from the outside and say, man, those people love each other well. It's ridiculous how well those people love each other. Let this be a place of authentic community, authentic relationship, authentic love that people look at and want to be a part of, that they're drawn into, God, because that love is attractional. And I pray that each person here, Lord, would become encouragers on another level, encouraging one another. Lord, encouraging Pastor Tyrone and Amy. God, I pray that you would encourage them personally, specifically, each one of them, any areas that they're battling through, any weights that they're holding, things that they, are, that they are carrying that have gotten heavy over time. God, would you show up and show them how to set those things at your feet and be encouraged, Lord, to know that what they're doing matters. What they have done matters. It's made a difference. Lord, I pray that if it's made a difference in the lives of the people here, that they would say that, that they would share that on a deep level. They would, they would show up and say, man, you've made a difference because of this, because of what you did changed my life. God, let us be people like that, that encourage, build one another up, love one another, honor one another. Um, I just thank you for this, this body of believers. Thank you for this church family. Just pray your blessings over them. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. Thanks, Sean. Appreciate you. Come in. You just give him some love and give him a hand. That. I love how God used you to speak a word. This, several things have been resonating within our church for the last, oh, really, couple of years, but specifically in this, this year, 2021, as we talk about making disciples who make disciples who make disciples, 2 Timothy 2.2, 2, which you guys referenced, and just love, a series of love different that we're, we're in. And I think uh, Taylor said it well a couple weeks ago. Taylor, got to give you a shout out in the very back there, former Chi Alpha guy. I uh, talked about one of the most loving things we can do for people is disciple people and help them grow, really. So they, did, they just go hand in hand. And you said something in first service. It's fun how God speaks different things, different services. But I did want to highlight this. You didn't mention it in this service, but you said something to your students a year ago as you guys started a year of online only because ASU wouldn't allow anybody to meet in person. All that kind of stuff. So what was it that you said to, to those students uh, a year ago. It's hilarious because, Sean, I love your, your directness. You're like, here's the deal. <laughs> Very direct. Ask my wife how awesome that is. Um, <laughs> no, I, so as we went into the year, man, we always gather our leaders so we can get on the same heart, the same page, and, and go into the school year knowing, like, hey, this is our direction. This is where we're going. Um, and so we gather our leaders, and yeah, like, like Tyron said, because last year was a dumpster fire. Um, we, we started the year and I'm like, Hey guys, completely virtual. I'm not even allowed to come over and do anything, carry any weight, do any, anything. If you guys do well, this year will go well. If you guys don't, it won't. It was, that's literally how I started our like back to school retreat virtually with them. Like you guys want to be encouraged. If you screw up, this year's a screw up. If you do well, this year's awesome. But it, but it literally was, man. It, it's like, it's like God showed up, and He said, "I'm gonna test what you've put in them." Because the reality is, I don't want it to be something I've got to run and keep going. I want it to be a reproducing element yep. where those students are alive and active in their yep. faith. And you know what happened? We grew numbers everywhere I looked around. People were like, we don't have people anymore. We don't. I'm like, my leaders are awesome. We're growing. I've never met any of these said people, so it's all, you know, hearsay, potentially. <laughs> I'm staring at two cameras in a room thanks to Jeremy knowing how to do stuff. I'm literally going, I'm like, Jeremy, I don't have interwebs. How do I get there? What is, what is this? And he's like, I got you covered. Meanwhile, I spent 7,000 hours figuring out how to say, I got you covered. But I spoke to two cameras, man. People were connected in their, we, we call them connect groups, our small group communities, man. Our leaders showed up. But it literally was, if you guys don't show up, if you guys don't do well, this won't go well. And if you guys do show up, God's in it. It will go well. Man, and, and I shared, uh, I'll share as well, I shared in the first service, this girl, Sam, who's one of our leaders, her mom had medical conditions, things going on. She could not leave her house. I mean, she spent the year in her house, basically, to be protective of her mom. Um, totally made sense. But she's freaking out. She's, she's reached out. She's like, I, I don't know. I, maybe I just shouldn't be a leader. I, like, where am I going to find people? I'm not, even, I'm not even going anywhere. And I'm like, if you show up, God will too. And she did, man. She's messaging people through the online platforms of her classes. Hey, do you want to be on an online meeting I have later this week? Like, I mean, she's reaching out, doing it. She got like a dozen girls together who were faithful, showing up online every week. Most of them had never even met each other in person. And out of that, we had, by the end of the year, we had three new leaders just out of her group we were training. God shows up, man. God shows up. But if we don't, he doesn't have a place to show up to. Hey, as you see Sean afterwards, just thank him for being here and give him some love and encouragement, him and Candy and, and their kids as well. Thank you so much, Sean. I just, what a great word for us. Let's try to live this out and be responsible to carry this out and just loving each other. 
just loving one another, working through stuff, doing the best we can, reaching out, trying to make disciples. We got some cool things happening in our church right now, guys, that I'm super excited about. God's on the move. And I look forward to seeing more and more and more of that, more people growing in their relationship. But it takes us being intentional. It doesn't just naturally happen. We've got to be very, very intentional about this. Thanks again for listening to this message at Rivers Church. We'd love to have you subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. To learn more about what's going on in the life of our church community, check us out at riverschurch.co. I pray that this week you would walk in the power and the presence of God. Thanks for joining us.